Hello and welcome to the Great Longboat Podcast. I'm Igor, your host, moderator, and only permanent member of the band Longboat. Today we take a closer look at the song The Wilderness Years from Album 21. And sweet people, it's happening again. I am releasing an album, and it just happens to be Album 21. And this is the first single from it. Uh, let me take you back to the dark days of 2020. Uh, this, it, it, I actually began recording it this same week, one year ago. Except, of course, it was on uh, March 16th. Uh, today is March 15th, 2021. This was March 16th, 2020. We had the live band in. Uh, no, no real masking at that time. Uh, uh, social distancing in the fact that uh, everybody was isolated as much as they could be. So, yes, we had social distancing. And, um, yes, we recorded for two days. And then the state lockdown had us, it, it cut everything short. And it wasn't until June that I was able to finish this album. But the very high point of the session was uh, having the strings come in and play. And that was on Tuesday the 17th, which was also St. Patrick's Day, which to me, it was unimaginable that here we have St. Patrick's Day and there are not people running through the streets screaming, um, especially here in my neighborhood in Belltown, which is known for its bars and its nightlife should say it was previously known for its bars and its nightlife. Now it's just known as this place that's between Queen Anne and downtown. Uh, things are, of course, slowly reopening, as I'm sure they are where you are, where you live right now. But yeah, this this was uh, it was a lively neighborhood, and then it just it became silent. Everything shut down. Everything boarded up, too. And, but, yeah, here I was. I, I went into the recording sessions last year thinking, yeah, I, I'll just, I'll get these six albums done, then launch off into something else. And, of course, that did not happen. I, I was able to record four albums in the meantime. yes. Four, four and change, uh, and and so that was, of course, something of a. It was a relief that we I was able to get through all of those, all of those records, and then of course it can um, actually releasing the albums became problematic, because nobody was focused on music, nobody really wanted to listen to music apparently according to my uh, PR firm at the time. And uh, they even went, uh, one of the publicists even went as far as to refuse to uh, promote my stuff. And um, yeah, I was not too happy about that. And then they got me somebody else who had initial success and then no success at all. And, you know, that's <laughs> that, of course, is the Longboat brand. And, um, and sp oh, before I forget, speaking of Longboat Brand, if you have a moment, um, I, I actually have a new website. 
It's you can find it at longboat.band. And um, I, I worked with a web designer on this, and I wanted to uh, give the viewer uh, probably the most harrowing visual experience that you could possibly muster, all wrapped up uh, in a Mexican restaurant experience. It's kind of like a very, a, a ride at Bizarro Disneyland. It's, it's, you know, to make you feel disoriented and unsure of yourself. And, and also to give you some information about the band Longboat and also to be able to watch videos and send me email and other stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I've been working on it. I wrote, I wrote most of the copy, uh, the, the web designer did some as well. And uh, I'm I'm very very proud of it. So the, the longboat brand expands, and of course the reason why is because, of course nobody knows who longboat is. It's and and when you when it doesn't have a presence anywhere, people can assume that it's anything. They uh, I I was hoping that they would assume that it was this really super cool pop band that. Uh, wrote unusual songs, but um, it, it turns out that people generally will just assume that it's some guy uh, doing weird stuff. And I don't want that to happen because I don't think that I do weird stuff. I think I do unusual stuff, but I'm trying to keep it interesting, you see. And, that, and of course, you know, you have to keep yourself interested in what you are doing, in your output. If it's just like, oh, baby, you were mean to me, now I don't like you, or we're breaking up, it's sad. And, oh, I love you more than anything. I love you more than cornflakes. I love you more than a car loves gas, or, you know, all that trite stuff. Yeah, um, I think that you would probably uh, lose faith in what you're doing because like i have always said i i have i have nothing against writing love songs i just don't have any insight uh, i haven't been uh, up until recently i have not been th very successful in that arena but now i've been married for almost three years and and you know it was sort of a a whirlwind romance, a quick engagement, and a and a very decisive matrimony, and I and I honestly never thought I'd say this, but I am very happy being married. I I always said used to say that the ultimate oxymoron was happily married. You know, in the realm of uh, jum, jumbo shrimp and friendly fire and and all that other stuff, uh, that happily married was perhaps the biggest oxymoron of all. Just because I was looking for misery, <laughs> and and to justify my decision not to, you know, get married and to feel better about, uh, you know, like not even dating somebody, but now, hey, it's it's all, I'm 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 a I'm a, it's a legal thing where it's a legal union, uh, recognized, uh, by the the state the country and God himself, I suppose. But anyhow, we have, yes, uh, album 21 is 
this is the official release date. Uh, the the uh, my publicist is is going to sort of wait to the end of the month for a full bar- barrage, as are my uh, radio promoters. And so, but this is kind of the 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 day that it comes out, fifteenth of March, twenty twenty one, the year after uh, the recording started. And I, yeah, I I'm super proud of this album and this particular song had been sort of rattling around my song start folder for the better part of um eight years or so and i could never i could never set it i didn't know what came next i didn't know how the parts would break down and um and i just had i had a little pretty piano riff and this nice little vocal line. I didn't have a chorus. I I only had I I had a verse. I had an intro and a verse, and my ear would not take me any further than that. And so I just let it I I let it marinate in that in that song starts folder, and I just started in uh, 2019 when I was working all these things up. I, I added a chorus. I added very, very sort of syncopated, staccato-y uh, uh, a, a string part, and the, it was off to the races. And the subject matter now, yeah, it's 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 metaphorical. I know, I know, life is blank. Life is a river. Life is a highway. There's a song that there is an actual song titled that. Life is a path. Life is a journey. Um, I'm getting a little bit more specific here. I am, I am not writing so much about life, but as I'm writing more about a, a process. And it's not so much artistic enlightenment, but more artistic renewal. And it's something that you have to subject, I feel that one should probably subject themselves to it on a regular basis. But I, I am not, I, I believe that I have, that um, I, I went through my wandering through the wilderness phase at, after Macclesfield O'Reilly, which is the, the big uh, uh, oratorio that I wrote that premiered in 2007. And after that, you know, I expected, I expected the thing to be big enough so that people would have heard about it and people would be interested. And then I could continue with that momentum into other musical projects. I didn't, I had no, I, I had no illusions that, that, you know, I would still have to work a full-time job and, and, um, you know, the, that society didn't owe me a, owe, owe me a living because I had written an oratorio about a guy who liked phone sex. But, and, and, but this being Seattle, where there is no such thing as artistic traction, that didn't happen. And soon I was, 
you know, begging people to let me do music for their play for free. And even that was turned down. And I, you know, I tried a couple to write a couple of more, a couple of other classical pieces. And yeah, yeah, that, those happened, but they didn't have the same force as this oratorio, Macrosphere O'Reilly. It just, it seemed like my impetus was petering out. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of gave up writing for a while and didn't miss it, didn't think I would come back to it. My, uh, you know, the, my finale program gathered, you know, digital dust because I didn't use it. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't playing jazz at all. I had one gig, one gig in 2010 <laughs> and that was great. But, um, yeah, I had, I had to figure out what was going to happen. And the strange thing was, is that, uh, I, what I'm doing now started as me taking a film music class. And, and of course the advice there was, well, if you want to, you, if you want to write electronic scores, you're going to have to get some sort of sequencing software. And they, they sat us in front of digital performer, which I didn't like very much. And they also gave us, uh, had us work in finale and which I liked. I liked in the fact that it was kind of a little bit more intuitive. It was a little bit more graphically competent than digital performer. Uh, of course, you know, you digital performer has its fans and that's, that's fine. I didn't, I, I, I worked on it just a little bit. I didn't like it. I moved on. And now I am fully involved and have been since oh, 2009 in finale. But, you know, it's not like somebody's going to call you and say, hey, I want you to write this film score for me. You know, you have to put yourself out there. You have to network. You have to do this. You have to do that. Luckily, before I did that, I started just kind of messing around with finale. And it became... Uh, something that I would I would do every single day. Some days I would do beats. Other days I would do loops. Uh, other days I would you know write a write a little tune, um, just you know a verse chorus. Uh, no, it just just a tune with music um, that could have words added to it later, and uh, that grew. Uh, it kind of compounded on itself, and I did it for. I did it for like a year and, and, you know, on a kind of daily basis. And I, I, I was, I would write a few songs and they were kind of overly precious, uh, and very sort of indie like. Um, and I, because, you know, I was hearing stuff on, on the radio. I was listening to KEXP, which is, you know, Seattle's, uh, quote unquote, independent music channel, uh, station, I was I was listening to stuff and and I thought that my what I was doing was way better than most of the stuff I was hearing in that, and um, but you know, 
in retrospect, I look back and, and you know, both things are, are kind of the, the stuff on KEXP is, is, you know, drac and the stuff that I was writing was just formative. I, I will, I, I'll give myself that much credit, but yes, I, I, and that's how I started writing songs. And then I just, one day I wrote a song about Bellevue and then I thought that I would have to compound upon that. And then, you know, since then I've just been putting out albums and, you know, when I, when I look back, it's been you know, 10 years now and my life has completely transformed. Um, of course, you know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of uh, disappointment along the way because um, it's, you know, it's, I had been wandering the wilderness and even as I am producing things, I'm still in the wilderness. And yeah, and, and what, what does being in the wilderness involve? Well, it, it's uncertainty, it's disorientation, it's, it's lack of self-confidence, it's, it's a lot of things that you have a lot of things telling you you should probably quit. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of factors saying that, you know, you're not going to survive in this wilderness. When you're wandering through the wilderness, you have, you know, animals, you have weather, um, you just, and, and, you know, you have, you have all of these things working against you, you know, weather, seasons, uh, uh, things like that. And if you're, you're, you know, wandering through the woods, that, that's, uh, if you're not, being, you know, chased by a bear or ha- having a tree fall on you or being being buried by a, a blizzard, you know, you just have to consider yourself lucky. But yeah, so that, this is kind of a reminiscent, this is a song reminiscent of how I was kind of feeling that, you know, it always seems that whatever direction you set out in, if you're in the middle of the wilderness, it's probably going to be the wrong one. Uh, it's it's probably not going to seem right. But if you survive long enough, and if you get some sort of, if you hone your vision, then you can then you can learn from this. And you know. I, I would like to think that I've, I've learned something from every single album that I've written. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe I, I'm just writing stuff that sounds the same all the time, and I'm just too delusional to notice it. But, um, you know, it, it's it's like learning from things. We I, I think we all have a, a friend or a relative or something, somebody who is trying to, you know, uh, reach this higher plane, but is kind of is kind of a selfish jerk and they you know they're 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 always trying to you know seemingly defy their own character as being a selfish jerk and and you know they're saying oh you know we're all just we're all brothers here and we should all get together in peace and and goodwill and just salute each other's efforts and everything like that and then you know um, then they they like will will <laughs> say something extremely cutting and kind of 
crappy about, you know, just something that, you know, makes him sound like a Trump voter or, or something. And and it's kind of like, wow, there's a disconnect. And that's because there is because those people are not achieving this enlightenment. It is it, it has not been reached. And and so, you know, you have and, and I, I guess an example of this as a generation would be like the hippies of the 60s. Um, becoming the yuppies of the 80s and and these these sort of uh, you know ro- um, corporate raiders robber businessmen uh, or business people and and all that you know because they, they they get in on the summer of love in 66 and then realize in the 70s that that's not going to pay the bills so yeah they embrace greed and and uh, and <laughs> are uh, and and are loosed upon the uh, um, American business sector but uh, yeah, creating the partially creating the savings and loan scandal of the late '80s, blah blah blah. But um, yeah, so so I I am just it has been my hope that this time wandering around the metaphorical wilderness has been good. Uh, I have not taken over the last ten years. I haven't really taken off that much time. Initially, yes. Because I was like, okay, well, what happens if I can't write another song after this? And that sort of became less and less of a problem the more time I spent just kind of sitting at the keyboard, uh, working out song starts. It, it, I, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it just, it happened. And, and then I realized that because I was so inspired in the song start department that I could actually write, make two albums in a year. And that was 2014. And then, of course, 2015 was was the big uh, kill the music year. It was the only album that I could afford because it was 49 tracks and it took two weeks to, two weeks to record and, uh, and two weeks to record and mix and you know, two days to I don't know, three days to to master, um, because you know, forty nine tracks, and my my mastering engineer, the great Ed Brooks, did not want to burn his ears out on it. And but but yes, um, recent years I have not taken that break, and I f- I feel like I need it. But as we are unable to travel, I've you know pretty much had had no choice but to stick around here a city that I'm not super uh, in love with and I never have been I've lived here most of my life except for times when I was uh, living in Germany and England and Russia Uh, yeah I do not I, I don't have great affection for Seattle it's it's a beautiful city, absolutely beautiful city. If you do th- outdoorsy things, if you're a hiker, if you're a skier, if you if you like to you know if you like boating, sailing, uh, any fishing, any of that stuff, ah, oh, it's 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 beyond compare. But culturally, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, you know, we're about on culturally, we're about on the level of say Omaha, Nebraska, or I don't know Reno, Nevada. 
and that's that's just because there's not that much there there's not there it, Seattle itself doesn't have a culture it doesn't have culture and so it's easy not to it's 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 hard to create one and it's easy just not to have one and i mean you can say oh you know there's a lot of coffee here and it rains well that's not culture that's just stuff that happens i mean there's a there's a lot of tea in london and and it rains there too but that is and of course london is much older than seattle and it has its history and that is what attracts me to it it has history around every corner and it has culture everywhere and you know at, at this point where you know people are are hungry for more streaming content uh it just seems like a good percentage of england must be actors because you just see all these different people in 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 so many of these things on netflix and hulu and amazon prime and hbo max and uh and it and the list goes on and i just it, it but you know for people in Seattle, if you want to be successful, you go to a place that isn't Seattle. And then when you're successful, you can come back here and it'll be fine. And you can, you know, live here. And then when you, when you need to do something important, you leave Seattle. And, and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's low key in the fact that people probably wouldn't recognize you if you're famous. And, uh, and, also, they wouldn't really care if you were famous because, you know, that's that's sort of the Seattle way. It's sort of not acknowledging anything. But let's let's play this track. I I I had my doubts about it. It was it was a it took like I said, it took a long time to to get it to the recording session. And this is full all hands on deck here um everybody in the credits is playing on it so uh okay i'm I'm just gonna go down the list i'm i'm singing on this um the uh guitarist is rl hire wonderful wonderful player Uh, on hammond organ we have joe doria on piano we have eric verlindi on bass, Chris Seimer, drums, Devon Lewis, violin one, Steve Bryant, Tom Zikonski, and Garrett Overcash, violin two, um, Eugene Bajanov, and Emily Choi, a viola, Sujane Bryant, and cello is Virginia Zikonski and Chuck Jacot, and backing vocals, of course, let's not forget him, uh, Ryan Leva. He adds a lot to this song. It was recorded and mixed by Floyd Reitzma and mastered, of course, by the great Ed Brooks at Resonant Mastering. This is The Wilderness Years. It started out slowly and I hadn't the slightest clue where I was or what to do but time brought into focus and I should have known all the while that I'd landed in my own exile head east or head west no 
direction is the best According to the math, this is the true path No friends and no phone, well, this must be done alone There might be epiphanies out here with the silent trees And Floyd told me there was nothing I could do about it. So I just accepted it. And now it bothers me less. So I'm just hoping that, I mean, I'm hoping that this will not be a, a sort of, you know, sensitive artist declaring himself, um, you know, weary and pale. Uh, because, you know, I am, I am actively out there trying to out there meaning in here <laughs> trying to make the absolute best most original music that i can and right now i am in the middle of a project that will either be really good or i'll just or else it won't um but i'm writing i've written the music the music is done uh, I am writing the lyrics now, and the lyrics are actually 
turning out to be not as difficult as I thought they would. Uh, they're rather extensive. Uh, there are some character studies. There are scenarios and situations. And I, and so far I'm up to 17 tracks on this album. One or two might drop out, but 17 tracks. And tentatively, I'm going to be recording in May. I think I've already said that, but yeah, looking forward to it. Right now, I believe I am on the ninth tune to write lyrics, and I will probably be done by the end of this week, um, God willing, uh, and, uh, and, and then give it a couple of days and work on some other stuff, work on the songs that I'm going to record in September, because I, I am not happy with a lot of those lyrics and and then come back and start singing these songs and then by may they'll be in shape and also you know revise lyrics continuously revise lyrics because you want your song to have a sort of perspective it has to have its own voice whether that is a person who is singing their point of view, especially in this project here, person singing their point of view or sort of expressing a dilemma and, or like I said, you know, expressing a situation or predicament. And that is, that's where I am with that. And I like the music a lot. I like the music a lot. I, I don't listen to it and go, gosh, what was I thinking there? Um, and because I'm, I'm happy with it. I wrote it. I I wrote the music to be a little bit jarring, to be a little bit, um, uh, we'll, we'll say disorienting, even though I used that word about the wilderness earlier on, but I, yeah, jarring and disorienting because it's about a topic that just recently happened. And as soon as I have everything free and clear here, I will talk about it for ever. I can talk about it for hours. I can talk about individual songs, but it just has to be, it has to be formed a little bit more solidly. And, and just the fact that this is getting put together now and I'm halfway done and I, I really, I started, I'm halfway done and I started on Friday. Um, is is very very encouraging uh, for this for the these two other albums that I'm going to record in September. I I was like okay I'm just going to make I'm going to do like two or three songs a day, and because it's it's right now it's like 28 tunes, and yeah um, it it turned out that it took like three weeks. I didn't work every day on it, and I was I was avoiding it. Uh, because there were some songs I didn't know how they, sh- what the the point of view would be, and and how far they should uh, they should delve into the character of whoever that is singing them, and and also to you know learn more about the situation that I'm that I'm singing about too, that that I'm writing lyrics about because it's based on a historical a historical. Um, occurrence, uh, historical events. Sorry, yes, but anyhow, um, yeah. 
so let's let's just let's just call that a show and yeah just know that that you know if you have if you have tried to create creative endeavors and you feel like you are wandering through the wilderness you are not alone um you you might meet people you know fellow wanderers i i know that i won't in especially in seattle i have not really i have not met anyone here who i can you know talk about music with because uh, you know like hang out and i know that pandemic yada yada but even before there was there was nobody that i could just sit around and talk about music with <laughs> no no, that's that's not uh, uh, you know I, I I do have friends who I like to hang out with, but you know to talk about music and and talk about you know who's doing what and who did what, you know we're talking about music history. I mean I, I think that the last twenty years in pop music is just going to kind of be written off as a complete mistake uh, by future generations, and I and I I think it should be, um, except my music <laughs> i i you know i would want people to to but you know the like million billion zillion sellers um i think that the those i think a lot of the the pop music has just been i I'll, i won't say all of it i will say the vast majority of it is is terrible but isn't that the case for all of pop music all of pop culture too whatever gets gets kind of winnowed down that's that's kind of the acceptable pop history of the era uh, when actually there was a whole lot of other stuff going on. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, the Beatles were sensational in the 60s, but there were lots of other bands. And and just, but the fact that, you know, the Beatles emerged as these, as these sort of overwhelmingly good tunesmiths at, and, and kind of had, a, had, were to some extent the voice of the era worldwide at the time um you know that's that's kind of what's been agreed upon but there were other bands there were bands other than the beatles just you know and and they were you know thought of as as every bit as good as the beatles um and you know, it's like the Kinks. People thought the Kinks were were every bit as good as the Beatles. And, and you know, Ray Davies was was always asked to critique whatever the latest release by the uh, the Beatles was, because he was known. He was given all kinds of respect as a as a you know very gifted songwriter, which he was until about 1978. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah. I uh, thank you very much for joining me. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off now. Uh, if you want to email me, uh, the address is longboatpodcast all one word at gmail.com uh, to stream all of Longboat's songs, including this album, which is up. Um, it's uh, longboat.bandcamp.com. The website once again is longboat.band good luck brother i hope you survive that experience and yes uh, and as i always say if you don't like this track i have others thank you i'll be back soon 
Bye-bye.